What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Steelers Preview Show on WDVE Pittsburgh, presented by Unibet. The only thing better than a Steelers win is a Steelers win that pays. Double down on your team with Unibet, proud partner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here are your hosts, Mike Brzezuda, Matt Williamson, and Merrill Hodge. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Steelers Preview. Mike Persuda along with Matt Williamson. We will be joined tonight by the third member of our team, Merrill Hodge, and uh, we will be doing our best to assess the wreckage of Bills 38, <laughs> Steelers 3, and get you ready for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady invading Acrisure Stadium on Sunday. Matt, you've worked with me for a while now. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a pretty big uh, pop culture guy. Right. <laughs> and. I was expecting uh, a tough go in Buffalo. I think sure. we we set a tone uh, for that last Thursday, but I was not expecting thirty eight to three. And uh, in the immediate oh. aftermath of that, uh, while Mike Tomlin was saying we got smashed three times in in the first three <laughs> responses to questions, and while Arthur Millette was flipping out in the locker room a little bit, uh, I kept getting a, a visual in my head. Uh, are you familiar with the movie Stripes? Very specifically the opening where Bill Murray. <laughs> Loses his job, gets his car repossessed, (laughs) and then his girlfriend walks out. And after all that happens in in the space of about five minutes, he kind of looks around and says, and then depression set in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This is pretty depressing. I, it's I, pretty depressing. I, I you it know, is. I can't paint with any other uh, type of brush. Well, the brush I was painting with last week at this time was, folks, hang in there. This stretch is going to be difficult. Tough love. We're going to learn stuff. You're going to hit the bye, and then after that, it's going to be a different team. I still sort of believe that. Um, I, I certainly believe in the quarterback and the new receiver, and there's some in, some things to build off of, but I didn't expect to get smashed like that. I mean, that was – it could have been much worse, too. Yeah, you know? I, I'm uh, I'm with you on the, you know, the second half of the season. Right, can, right. Half, half – the post-bye part post-bye, of the season right. can be much different. The schedule softens up a little bit, although – this just in, uh, Atlanta's no joke. No, uh, no, you haven't just penciled that in as a win. And, watching yeah, Atlanta right. play Tampa last Sunday. Uh, they run the, the ball. With the critical, when they're down 21-0, they, they run the ball. They run the ball no matter what, right. Uh, and then uh, also complicating matters, uh, the uh, injury report, practice uh That's not real encouraging report. either. Uh, Cam Sutton did not practice. Akella Weatherspoon did not practice. Levi Wallace, limited practice. Minka Fitzpatrick did not practice. Well, There's basically your secondary. That's four-fifths of your nickel package and you here, live in, right. Here comes Tom Brady uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, their sheet lasts uh, longer than one page. Uh, starting safety, Mike Edwards, elbow limited today. 
Uh, wide receiver Chris Godwin, hip slash knee slash rest, did not participate. Uh, defensive lineman Akeem Hicks, foot, didn't participate. He's missed three straight games. Wide receiver Julio Jones. I don't know if they're going to factor him in or not. I don't know what he has left, but it's a recognizable He doesn't run name. well anymore. Right. Uh, knee did not participate. He's missed uh, – he's only played in two games, and he yeah, missed the Atlanta game. I'm not counting game. on him. Uh, cornerback Sean Murphy, bunting quad. He's one of their sub-package guys. Uh, he didn't participate today. And left tackle Donovan Smith, elbow limited. But, uh, boy, watching Brady against Atlanta. Uh, Real I saw- quick before we do, I mean, that – that injury reports, I'm sure a lot of those names aren't household names to people, but those are a lot of snaps for Tampa Bay on that oh, injury report right now. That's I why, mean, that's why we everyone mentioned you them. mentioned they're, there are basically starters. So, they're, they're dudes. You know, uh, right, right. But uh, the problem is Tom Brady's healthy. and He's getting it back on track, too. Well, I, I wasn't sure what I was going to see when I watched that tape, and I'll, I'll say this, he's not perfect. He Early in the game, he threw a pick that they dropped, the mm-hmm. Falcons. He had a couple other near picks. If you can get him to throw off his back foot, if you can collapse the pocket on him, he's he's mortal, yeah. and he'll make some bad throws and some inaccurate throws. But, boy, when he gets in a rhythm, as he did in that second quarter, it's just zip, 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 and it's going all over the place. Yeah. Uh, he will be more than happy to take the check down rather than take a hit. Leonard Fournette, he's been in the league six years now. He had a career-high 10 catches mm-hmm. on 11 targets and 83 receiving yards, which are big yards. Yep. Uh, Brady will go to Mike Evans when he feels like it, whether he's covered or not. Yep. If it's one-on-one, he's taking the shot. Yep. If it's uh, if it's one-on-two and he still feels like a deep shot is in order, he'll take it the rest of the time. Just distribute where it should go, and it's on time and it's accurate, and they get yards after the catch. And uh, when they're humming, they're really smooth, Matt. Absolutely. And the first three weeks of the season were problematic for their offense. A ton of receiver injuries, totally reshuffled offensive line. And my hunch is Tom just went to the coaching staff and says, I'll take care of the offense. And he throws it for 52 times the last game, 52 times the time before, creates wins that way. His mind is is computer sound. I mean, it's a computer back there, and it's flawless, and it's as sharp as it's ever been. Maybe his feet and arm fail him a little more now than they did, but he still – Delivers the football, as you said, on time, in the exact design of the play, extremely accurate. And, you know, people remember Ben last year, and we harped on these numbers of fastest time out of your hands. And Brady's the fastest time out of his hands this year. He was second fastest last year, but it's not because he's throwing one yarders either. No, <laughs> you know, it's going down the field, it too. Is it's remarkable. Going down the field. Yeah. Uh, what to Expect is brought to you by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. I expect Tom Brady to be really good because the Steelers have struggled to mount any kind of pass rush yeah. without T.J. Watt. And if Brady's got time and he can sit back there in the pocket on his spot and dictate, he's going to. I mean, what do you think he's doing right now? I think he's looking at the corners he might be playing against and say, I'll throw at him, I'll throw at him, I'll throw at him. I'll give you some more pop culture. Have you seen uh, <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Many times. Grows, I like it better every time I watch it. I uh, think it's Tarantino's best film. The, the DiCaprio too, where they're watching the FBI and he's got the beer and he points at the TV. <laughs> I think Brady's, I can oh, throw yeah, on that yeah, guy. Yeah. I can throw on that guy. Yep. I can throw on that guy. There's Waldo. There's Waldo. That guy's got a target on his chest. I mean, right. I, I don't know what else to say other than, man, this is a, a daunting challenge to, to keep Big these time. guys in check because the secondary's depleted. You don't know if these guys are going to play or to, right. what, to what degree of full capacity if they do play. Sure. Uh, they're going to be diminished. And, and Tom Brady, 
We talked about this a lot during our uh, pre-draft work stuff on uh, Steelers.com and SNR and wherever we happen to show up. But you got to be a running quarterback now and a mobile quarterback unless you have so much experience right. you could just anticipate everything and beat him to the punch. And Tom Brady can beat you to the punch. Right. I mean, if your mind's a supercomputer, you don't have to have the other things because very smart coaches design plays that work. And when you run them properly and take it even to the next level – uh, you're going to carve up just about any defense. And I'm sure he's also looking at the Steeler defense going, I can maybe pat the ball in the pocket a little longer. I don't have to have the fastest time to throw and really hit Evans downfield or whomever. Um, Brady's career is obviously amazing, but he's had a ton of success. You mentioned Fournette targeting backs out of the backfield. He always has a pass catching back, and then they drafted this Rashad White for that or a Gronkowski-like tight end. I don't think he's going to shy away from the Steelers. Linebackers in coverage, I mean, I have no doubt about that. And to your point earlier, he's very happy to, you know, death by a thousand paper cut you. I mean, he, he doesn't – some of these young guys, the Allens, the Mahomes, they get a little worked up and just won't dump it, dump it, dump it. Brady doesn't care how he beats you as long as he does. Yeah, I'm checking my notes here, and I wrote down an unspectacular 352 passing yards. Right. But completes a lot of balls because, and lets his guys do their thing. As you watch the game, you didn't feel like, oh, he's lighting it up. Right. What a throw that was. Or, but you know. but he lit it up. and you know They weren't 98-yarders to Gabe Davis. <laughs> you know. At the end of the day, the numbers are there. And uh, one of the things the, the Buccaneers were able to get going against the Falcons, which they had not previously, you mentioned they had a lot of uh, offensive complications. First three weeks were a little rough. Early yeah. in the season. They had five 10-play-plus uh, drives in their, their mm. first four games. The Buccaneers had five of those against the Falcons. Against the Falcons. And they really got the, them. They got the grind game going. Now, they also, when they were up 21 nothing, I don't know if they took their foot off the gas or uh, just couldn't keep up the pace because they mm. were playing at a really efficient level for a long time. They had three straight three and outs when they were up 21 nothing, and that allowed the Falcons to get back into the game. And they just kept running it and running it and running it. And Atlanta's, Atlanta's kind of hard to play against, too. I mean, you think that they're bad, but, I mean, I know we're not here to talk Falcons. But, yeah, no, we'll right. get We'll get around with the uh... – See, but that's one of the pro- – I mean, that's one of the only problems with this Bucks team. Though. Their running game is really poor, and they've basically abandoned it the last two weeks. Yeah. Like, it would have been useful being up 21 nothing to hand it – stick it in Fournette's belly over and over – they don't get any yardage really on the ground. And I don't see many holes or many tactics from the Steelers' perspective, but I would beg them to run it. I mean, I would stay in two high shells, maybe have lighter personnel out there. And if the on Monday you look at the scoreboard, you know, the, the box score and boy, the Steelers run defense is terrible. Fournette ran for 140. Yeah, but they might only score 17 points that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Make them do things that they don't love to do. Yeah, Fournette got off to a great start this year. He had uh, 127 yards against the Cowboys mm-hmm. in the opener. The next three games, only 97 yeah. uh, combined yards. Uh, when when Tampa lost to Cincinnati, six carries for three yards on the ground. Right, not, and not he just totally stopped. Kansas City. Kansas City. But, and that's when Brady just said, yeah. I'm not paying it off anymore. Complete non-existent rushing game. Then Fournette had 56 on the ground against Atlanta. But again, 83 more right. through the air, including a touchdown reception. Uh, the other back, Rashad White. He's really is, a receiver, the rookie, yeah. But an energetic guy that yeah. that, that gives him some juice, and he's a different, uh, he's a compliment to Fournette. Mm-hmm. He's getting a lot uh, more. He's getting more and more playing time, earning Brady's trust. You they're know. still looking for the third option in the passing game. Uh, they, they are. They've got Mike Evans. Uh, they've got Chris Godwin, mm-hmm. and with no Rob Gronkowski, um, 
the the one tight end Christian Brait uh, missed last uh, Sunday with a concussion. Yeah. He seems to be uh, trending toward playing against the Steelers, but uh, they'll move it around. And uh, who's ever open uh, again, uh, based on the circumstances, yeah. will get the ball. Uh, Brady's not afraid to try guys who uh, haven't uh, done a lot necessarily mm-hmm. prior to that. If it, if the play dictates that they should get it, they should get they get it. Yeah, Scotty I mean, Miller four catches all season in the first four games against the Falcons. I mean, I think they'd love Gage or Julio to be that third guy. They don't have the Gronk. They don't have the AB that he's had there, like the, the bonus prize, you know, the the, the one, the, the cherry on top type of dude. Um, you mentioned Brait. He's fine. He's just a guy, though. I mean, he's not a special player. The, the rookie, Otten, it, it played a ton this past week yeah. and did some good things. Caught some balls. You know? yeah. yeah, as a rookie tight end. Um, but I do think, and the, oh, the other note I wanted to make, too, is Godwin is a a wonderful player. He's a big power slot, and he's a physical guy. He'll block. But he's coming off a really serious knee injury last year. He's on the injury list for three different things, rest, knee, and something, something. And, um, hip. Hip, okay. And if you notice the second half of that Falcons game, he was hardly on the field. Yeah. You know, so they might be looking for a two, let alone three. Uh, you mentioned their line but is – But they'll probably find it. Their line's different. <laughs> uh, they lost their center, Ryan Jensen, on the second day of training camp. Brutal. Horrific injury. Uh, they lost uh, Ali Marpet, uh, retired, who retired yeah. early. And he was the small school guy. That was yeah, just, yeah, yeah. First round a, pick. Right. Such a good story. And then uh, Alex Kappa went to, to the Bengals in free agency. So left uh, center right is uh, Luke Gedicke, a rookie, mm-hmm. and uh, Robert Hainsey, Pittsburgh guy, second-year guy oh, out, I didn't of, know that. out okay. of Notre Dame, okay. is the center. And then Shaq Mason, Brady's old buddy from New England, I was shocked they were able to trade for Shaq Mason as cheap as they were. But I think that's a vulnerable area. And uh, that may be uh, an area the Steelers can attack defensively. This is uh, a little— Real quick on the the interior of the O-line before I forget. I I said this today on a Steelers Live video that Cam Hayward needs to be the best player on the field and dominate that inside as an interior pass rusher. I know Brady doesn't have any noticeable holes, but in, interior pass rush has been his least favorite thing over sure. the last couple decades. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, defensively, it, it, it looks the part. Uh, we mentioned Hicks hasn't been playing, but everybody else uh, has been good to go. But 189 rushing yards allowed against the Chiefs, mm-hmm. who aren't exactly the Falcons. They have a good O-line, though, in mean, Kansas City now. But uh, that, that was the most rushing yards in the four years Todd Bowles has been in Tampa. Three as the defensive coordinator, and this year as the head coach. And then uh, Atlanta stuck it to him as well. Now, part of that was persistence. Uh, That's all Atlanta does. And volume. But uh, the Falcons, 31 carries for 151 yards on the ground. And, Matt, other than Marcus Mariota, the three running backs who ran the ball entered that game with a combined 41 career NFL carries. That doesn't surprise So me. they had nobody established. Right. And they ran it anyway. Yeah. I mean, Atlanta. In, on a week when you would have figured Tampa's number one priority would have been clean up the problems against the run. 100%. And I was fortunate enough, Todd Bowles, their, their head coach, defensive-minded guy, was uh, one of our secondary coaches the year I was with the Browns. And he was, a, back then, it was up-and-coming, bright, new coach. And I've always paid more attention. I had great respect for him. His run defenses, though, as D coordinator or head coach anywhere, are always, like, number one in the league. You know, so I'm not saying they're vulnerable. I think it's two not-so-great matchups, but that's something they stress a great deal, and Vita Vea is the whole key to it. They used to have Sue. Now they have yeah. uh, the dude that's been hurt from the Bears that we just mentioned. Akeem Hicks. Yeah, Akeem Hicks. They're massive human beings. 
They're, they're a little bit short next to Via Vea right now. And Vea is not your old school nose tackle. He doesn't look like Hampton or Will Fork or, you know, right. I mean, he looks like him, but he's not a one down player. He's like Haloti Nada. Yeah, he's yeah. out. The, he brushes the passer. Right. He plays about 60 something percent of the snaps. I mean, yeah. he's, he's an athletic 360 pounds or whatever he is. And it's massive. Six five or yeah. whatever and can run. He's and a, he's you don't real, have to take him out on third down. Real I mean, problem in the middle. Yep. Uh, so I guess the, the conclusions we've come to here in the opening segment, you can get to Brady if you can pressure Brady. You can you can if you get there before two point four seconds. And you can maybe run the ball on Tampa, except mm. two things the Steelers have not done to <laughs> right. is pressure the quarterback and run the football. Sure. Yeah. I mean historically you can't run on Tampa. The last two weeks people have. By no means am I implying the Steelers can or will in their current state. The Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank reminds you to sack hunger, get food, volunteer, or donate at pittsburghfoodbank.org. We are just getting started here on the preview. When we come back, we'll be joined by Merrill Hodge. Uh, I want to talk about uh, that uh, aforementioned Steelers' inability to run the ball and what is up with Najee Harris. Because, boy, if you ever needed a game, Matt, where you give it to your factor back and just say, hey, right. we're going to control the clock, control the tempo, you're going to tote it about 30 times for a buck 90. Yep. This would be the game. This would be it. But I don't know that, uh, I don't think that that's, that's the best a, approach. a reasonable ex- explanation. We'll see what uh, Merrill thinks about that. We're going to be here until 8 o'clock tonight, so uh, keep it here. With Matt Williamson, I'm Mike Pursuta. You're listening to Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Back to the Steelers Preview Show, presented by Unibet on DVE. Welcome back to the preview. Mike Pursuta and Matt Williamson with you till 8 o'clock tonight uh, right here on the flagship and on SNR getting you ready for the Steelers and the Buccaneers Sunday at Acrisure Stadium. Uh, Yin's Chat is the Steelers predictive and trivia game. Answer questions, make picks, and win prizes. Play on your own against Steeler Nation or in our new public group or play against Steeler Nation in our new public group or create your own private group and compete against family and friends. You can play Yin's Chat exclusively in the Steelers' official mobile app. Matt, the uh, question of the week this week, uh, Kenny Pickett passing yards over under 283 and a half. It's a pretty large number. I'm going to go under. I'm expecting a good day from him, but I think that's a pretty large number. I'm going to go over because it's going to play out like the Buffalo game. They're going to be behind, and they're going to be that throwing it every happen. down in the second half, and he likes to find George Pickens deep, so he's going north of that. Okay. Uh, this week's prize is a signed Kenny Pickett football. Time now to welcome the uh, third member of our crew to the show, Merrill Hodge, joining us. Merrill, how's it going tonight? Oh, boys. Fantastic. <laughs> Over or under, huh? 280, what was the number? 283? Two, two, and a half. What do you think? Oh, I throw that half in there. That makes it really <laughs> sticky. Um, That's so it doesn't tie. Up. Well, listen, listen. at the end of the day, do you want your uh, rookie quarterback throwing it 55 times and you running at 17? Uh, that's that's not a recipe for success, to be honest with you. Well, but, who's <laughs> anticipating success? <laughs> yeah, well, um, you know, I'm going to – 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go over and more though. I think he he will be he every every game he plays, he's just gonna get more comfortable and more seasoned and see things better. I think he'd be comes a little more explosive, quite honestly, as a as a passer. Um, so I'll go over. So Merrill, with with this state of the running running situation, what kind of run pass ratio would you like? You know, I mean, it's kind of sticky well, there too. Yeah, I, I can say I can say this that I you know here here's my ultimate belief and some of the mo- the best way to throw the football um, really for every quarterback, quite honestly. If I, I mean, if I thought you use Bill Belichick um, when Tom at, through Tom Brady's entire career. If they ever ran into a rut, you know, or got in trouble, you know, or lost one or two, um, they reset themselves with two things. They came out in two tight ends, they ran the football, and then they threw hard run action off of that. And when I say run action, see, you know, most people just say play action, and there's, there's actually, there's play action, and that is when the quarterback running back, and you can throw a wide receiver in there. They may do something in the backfield, you know, ball faking, handing off, faking stuff. But off the lines, like pass blocking. That's play action. Run action is when the offensive line comes off the ball. They look like they're running it. Your quarterback sells it. Your runner sells it. And then he pulls the ball and he throws from that. And then there's the RPO where we have a run pass option. So those are like your, your three actions. Um, run action is I really believe the very best way to paralyze the box and get explosive to intermediate plays in the passing game. And it's a much easier way, clearly more defined for your quarterback. Um, you don't have to be successful running the football to do that. I think that is a that is an absolute um, complete misunderstanding. But it does help if you can run the football. Um, it helps even be more uh, effective in that process. So you know, when you look at the, at a run ratio, I mean, um, I'd love it to be 50, 50 at best, but more 55, 45, 55 run, 45 pass initially. And that, that means if I can do that though, you got to realize I'm controlling the game. If I can create that ratio, I'm controlling the game. When you say 55 passes and 17 runs, if you tell me that number right away, I'm going to go, clear. well, something, something wasn't going right. Something wasn't going right and they weren't in control of that game. So um, I just, you know, I watch all, see, I don't just watch the Steeler offense. I watch the entire league. And so you see the things that are truly effective. I'll tell you this, Miami, what Miami had going before to a left is their overall run design, their misdirection and how they'd run with the football and then throw off of it. I'm telling you, it was, is one of the most difficult. Really, really innovative, isn't it? I, yes. Yeah. As a defender. Yeah. You know, I, you know, when I ran that league, um, you're called football for a couple of years with Mike Sherman. You had a lot of defense, a lot of NFL coaches on that, that most staffs. I mean, experienced guys, you know, 20, 30 years. Kurt Schottenheim was my defensive coordinator. And we'd argue almost every day about run act, hard run action. He would be, um, I go, listen, all I got to do is paralyze you for a second. And um, I got you. I got voids or I can get explosive play on you. I go, and I, I was hardly ever seen it not work well when executed properly. It's just so hard on the defender. He's like, no, no, we got moves in there. You can't do that. We're not going to get fooled by that. <laughs> so my first practice, I come out and sell hard run action. Poof, linebacker's head, throw a, a dig right in behind him. You know, and I run a vertical on the other side. I run a two-route combination, too, which is another thing. I don't have to send all five guys out. 
you know, I can really make this match protect and get my quarterback um, comfortable. We can get explosive plays that way. You know, I just think it's got it can be a big. It's a when it's a big part of your offense, a chunk of it. Boy, you can be really successful. Um, you can get explosive plays. You, get, you help your quarterback. You help your offense. You know, you help an offensive line that may be struggling. Well, Mara, speaking you know, we of uh, right now. speaking of offensive lines and design. Is what the Steelers are trying to do a good scheme blocking-wise? Because particularly in this Buffalo game, nobody was getting to the inside linebackers, and they were pretty much doing what they wanted to do. And I think that's the biggest reason why they couldn't run the ball. Uh, you got two more good ones uh, coming up this Sunday in Devin White. Yeah. And um, oh, I'm blanking Levante on David. Uh, Levante David. Levante David, yeah. thank you. Great uh, yeah. the, the, you know, Great defensive line in Tampa that keeps those guys clean. It, it's what the Steelers are trying to do to get to those guys plausible or reasonable, and, and they're just not executing it, or is the scheme bad? Well, listen, I, there's, a, there's a few things there. Let's, let's just start with, okay, I'm watching this. I'm watching the play right now. It's inside zone with um, Najee. It's two doubles. He's got two double teams, two stack backers. Okay, the double team where he's targeting Najee is on the right side. They get the guy doubled, but they don't come off on the linebacker. Okay, so they, they – they actually destroy the defensive tackle, even though he's holding his own. Linebacker is free, untouched. The backside guys, they get split by the defensive tackle, and now him and the linebacker make the tackle for um, a no game. So uh, there's no – I mean, everybody does these type of runs. If you can't successfully – no, this one play, you know, everybody no, – nobody wins all of them. But this is a bigger problem – that they've had in this game than I had seen them all year. They really struggled with their consistency of getting the double team and then who was the right guy. You know, they, you know, five guys have to work as one. And, you know, that sounds, you know, I don't think people can appreciate how complicated that is. You have to all see it the same way. You have to have a real feel. You know, if you're doubling with somebody, you have to, you guys have to, we have to work together so that somebody, once we get movement, takes this tackle, and the other guy gets the linebacker. Now, that is all predicated on where that linebacker goes. But we got to work together so we don't, like the backside, both of them leave for the linebacker and they get the they let the defensive tackle go. So you've got to get those things done right first because if you can't run those things, and everybody runs those, if you can't execute that properly and consistently and win more of those, then you're going to struggle. Now, they, they had some RPOs in this game that were – they're very interesting to me because what, how they lined us. So an RPO is a run-pass option. Quarterback is reading, in this particular case, a defensive end. But what the Bills at times they would play man coverage, and the routes they were running were hitches. Well, hitches, a hitch is never going to beat man coverage. You're just going up. You're just going to the guy and covering yourself, which they did. So you're surely not going to throw it which was kind of bizarre because I'm like, well, you should have a man concept after, off of that. You know, I mean, I'm just going to tell you, if you're going to run around, we, I got F option on. I leave the huddle. I don't know what you're going to do, man or zone, but I, do, I know this. If it's man, I'm going to run a different route than if it's zone. And they never had anything different. It was always a hitch. It was, it was trip side, and all three ran hitches too, by the way. I mean, you could do all kinds of You could outside and be um, vertical. Inside guy could take the, the middle to the hash, and then the inside could do an option route. If it's man, you know, to give your quarterback some option. Because what they did is they brought the eighth defender that you couldn't account for to the weak side, 
and he's in the backfield unattested when you handed the ball off. So, you know, they did it a few times. At one time, the linebacker stayed out, but it was interesting. The linebacker stayed out the first time, and they got like a five-yard run. Well, the next time they did it, he just moved back into the box, then crashed, and he was in the backfield, and nobody's to account for him. Now, we always say this as a runner. Listen, there's somebody you're going to have to account for. But usually it's the safety once we get past the line of scrimmage. Yeah, you get a little momentum right, going, right. you start running downhill, yeah. and you got a chance. Yeah, not, not on the, yeah, so, you know, it's kind of complicated. You know, there's a lot of things. There's not just one. You know, are they doing their job? I mean, you've got to start fundamentally sound up front. So after what system you run, if you can't get double teams and you can't work together and you can't get the second-level guys blocked, you can't do that consistently, I don't care what system we run. Okay, that's going to be a problem. And they, they, they've consistently had that problem. And then from the scheme aspect of it, you know, I was just kind of looking at uh, those RPOs and they just didn't make, especially go the passing. If I chose to, pick it says, hey, listen, my read is I'm going to throw it. Well, who's going to throw it to? All of them are covered. All of them do is a six-yard hitch, and they ran right to the defender and turned around. So I was like, what? Gosh, not well, you're not going to make that throw. You got to hand the ball off, and you're handing it to the weak side where you don't have a uh, you don't have anybody to account for that eighth defender. And the bill started to drop him in the box and make the tackle. They kept him out of the box at one time, and Najee bounced it out. Um, and then let me just add one more thing. I seldom saw Najee do this last year. He's doing it more now than before, and I don't blame him. It's it's almost like a. Yeah. I don't know. It's like a survival thing because I've been there. You start to try to create things because you don't trust. You know, he, there was a couple of runs where he jumped out of the hole and should have stayed there because he doesn't trust it. And and actually, those times they were doing a pretty good job getting movement. If you just stay with it, would have much had a much better chance of having success than to bounce it outside. You know, now you have no help. And um, he did it a couple of times last year, but very few. In fact, I thought he might do it more. I'm starting to see him do a little more, and I, I kind of don't blame him. You know, as a coach, you have to you have to rein him back in. Listen, I know it's tough, but we got to keep. We got to stay to the point of attack. You can't start creating things because then you create you you destroy the structure of the play. And when we do it right, you're sitting there doing your own thing, and then now we now we haven't done our job. So now all of those things exist. It's not just one. If it was that easy, just go back. Yeah, you know what? Your uh, your right guard's just not playing well. If you got you got fix your right guard, you have fix the whole offense. Not like that. That's that's not the problem. Now, all those things we just talked about are part of the issue. Merrill, where are you now on the non-offensive lineman blocking in the run game? I thought that was a huge problem last year. Tight ends, receivers, better, good enough. Where are you at on that? Well, okay. Now you know here's another problem because I didn't and I didn't address that. You know, um, based on some of the alignments, I say when you have the tight end flexed. So, so again, you got a guy like Von Miller. They're, they're going to run a sweet play to Von Miller. Now he's you got your left tackle. The tight end is a gentry, I believe it was. He's You're talking about the play. first play, the first running play of the game, second snap. Yeah, they pulled. Right. Okay, they so pulled yeah. uh, Dan Moore. They pulled uh, Watt, the fullback, and Gentry got beat inside, and the whole thing blew up right away. Right. Okay. So based on alignment, I mean, how's Gentry going to get? How's he going to block you? Something. <laughs> It ain't going to work just by, by your alignment and your split. A guy like Von Miller, how explosive he is upfield, it's, it's kiss, kiss of death. you got no shot at that. 
you know. Now you got to do a couple things. You know, I don't know how they teach these. I know I just I'll use my experience. Like we would say, shoot, if that's the Von Miller side, um, don't get your split so wide, cut it down. You know, don't because he's going to shoot the gap. You know, he's going to get upfield. As soon as you get to upfield, he's going to knock your tackle off, and then we got a problem. Yeah, that's what I was asking is what they're trying to do, plausible or not? Because I, I saw that well, play right away, and I thought, boy, that's a tough, tough assignment a yeah. for Gentry. But then I thought, hey, you're in the NFL, kid. It's a big boy league, you know, get <laughs> well, it done. Well, right, okay, listen, but you can't be, you know, listen, you got to be realistic. That guy's explosive off the field. I mean, off the, you know, off the line of scrimmage. He's one of the most explosive players in the history of the game. You know, let's not give him a gap so he can just shoot it and destroy everything. You know, let's make a, let's block it different then. Or let's yeah. move our, you know, move your split down. Don't don't give him such a big split so that you can cut him off, you know. And I'm not so sure. See, this is where I get the coach has all the power, no control. I don't know that that was told. And then maybe Gentry gets too wide. You know, there's a lot of things that we don't know about that scenario. So from that scenario, you just you got to put yourself in a position to win. And when you give a split like that, you have you have no shot with a guy like Vaughn Miller. Merle, how would you so, defend yeah. uh, Tom Brady? Matt says, <laughs> go dime and dare him to run the ball and at least make him use clock and shorten the game. I say blitz him all the time and try to get him to throw it sideways to avoid the sack as opposed to being picked apart pass by pass. How, how would you approach yeah. this if uh, well, we give you the defensive playbook? Yeah, well, I'll tell you this. Um, if you can get them into a pass-happy game, you probably have a better chance. And you know, they, they tried to, I'm trying to think of who they lost to. Uh, I think it was the Packers. The Packers beat them? Yes. Kansas City did, too. Uh, Packers, okay. Packers yeah, okay. beat them 14-12, and Kansas City beat them 41 yeah. to something. Yeah, yeah. So let's use the Pack one, because that, that's a little more um, in the wheelhouse of um, – they, they, <laughs> <Yeah. were>, they, <laughs> they're, they're out of – yeah, they're, out of, they're out, of, out of sync. Like, I was like, wow. I mean, you can tell that Tom was out of sync, too. You know, I mean, because he's got he has new players. You know, you could tell that that you know um, their rhythm and consistency is not there. They're still not there. You know, their passing game is not really um, a dangerous. Well, you know, you should never, should never say Tom Brady's not dangerous. He's always dangerous, but they just lack the consistency I have seen in the past with them. Now, what they did the next week is they went right back to their running game. You know, which helped them win, and stabilize things. If you can get them where they're not going to run the ball, you know, that that's your, actually your better chance to win, to beat them right now because they are not in sync um, with the guys that they have there. Um, it's not like they have – I don't think I've seen them more out of sync since he's got there, other than maybe the first two weeks when he was there, the, one, the New Orleans game, the first one they had on the road. Um, so – and some of this is, is – can they help you? You know, like they help the Green Bay Packers. I don't even know why he chose to throw some 60 times or whatever they threw it because the game was a like a one-score game, the entire game. And they're chucking it all over the place. You know, they didn't even try to run the football with any um, any conviction. Now, it's interesting, the next week they did. They changed that. So, and I, you know, here's that's not going to happen. They're, they're gonna, if you watch your defense right now, you're not going to sit there and go – Regardless of the big plays that happened last week, you're not going to sit there and say we're not going to try to run the ball on them. You're not going to go into Pittsburgh and say, oh, yeah, let's try to throw it 55 times. You're like, I'd like to run it 55 times and see how we can control the game from that from that perspective. Um, 
But they're not. They're not the offense. They were their defense makes. They have you got some problems with their defense. You know their front seven is is fast, aggressive, and violent. You know they do some. They do some good <laughs> things. Um, some good things up front. You know they uh, their defense. And you know you got to. Now one thing I've you know some people try to run the perimeter on them, and, I, and the Steelers ran to the perimeter a little bit against the Bills. They must have felt that they could do that against them for whatever reason. Um, I wouldn't try that against Tampa. That wouldn't be my my focus. I'd go at them. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Merrill, uh, I'd go at them. Great stuff. Uh, We'll hopefully have a better uh, frame of reference than 38 to three when we get together next week and uh, talk about the Steelers and the Miami Dolphins. All right, boys. Well, listen, go Steelers. Can't lose faith, but you got to keep working at it and getting better. They will. They got. They got some good. They got some bright spots in the thing. It may not seem like it, but there were some bright spots on both sides of the ball that, you know, that that are a good sign for this team. So, let's hope that they can put a few more things together for this week. Thanks, Merrill. We'll talk to you next week. All right, man. See you guys. Merrill Hodge uh, in his weekly segment. Hey, gear up with the latest sideline apparel, hats, or jerseys of your favorite players, authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives you can only find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops located at Acrisure Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets, or visit us online at shop.steelers.com. One more segment to go tonight, so keep it here as we get you ready for the Steelers and the Buccaneers with Matt Williamson. I'm Mike Pursuta. This is Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship 102.5 102.5 DVE and SNR. Back to the Steelers preview show presented by Unibet on DVE. Steelers preview is indeed presented to you by Unibet. The only thing better than a Steelers win is a Steelers win that pays. Double down on your team with Unibet, proud partner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Welcome back to the preview. Mike Persuda and Matt Williamson with you until 8 o'clock tonight. And, uh, if you caught the end of our last segment, you heard Merrill Hodge say he actually saw some bright spots. We spent yeah. so much time talking about the not-so-bright spots. We didn't get around to those. But, yeah. Matt, one of the things he might have been thinking about, and uh, I think one of the things a lot of people across Steeler Nation are thinking about, they are starting to get the ball more consistently to George Pickens. Absolutely. And he's starting to look like that guy. Uh, this, according to NFL Research, Pickett targeting Pickens – 10 for 12, 154 yards, no interceptions, and a passer rating of 118.8. Yeah, you'll take it. You keep that pace up, you'll be just fine. I think Pickens is a star in the making. Um, I like Deontay Johnson an awful lot, but I think Pickens is going to be better. And that in itself, with an up-and-coming Fryermuth and Claypool, whatever. I mean, if he's your fourth option, so be it. Or Austin or whomever. Uh, I think that's a really formidable trio of receivers. Friar Muth on up, you know. And if they can get Harris going, well, I, I might I have more doubts about that. Do, do you I, really? I I worry about him. A, this is going to sound terrible, but this is how I talk about Benny Snell. I love Benny Snell's a bit ability to handle a huge workload, wear a defense down. But I'm sorry, Benny, I can't give you that many touches because you're not good enough. I think Harris is the much much better version of that. And right now, I don't know that I can give him enough touches to make him, to let him do the things that he does best. I also think when they drafted them, they saw a Lev Bell-like receiver, and I don't see them doing that at all. That's what I'm critical of the coaching staff. Detach them. They, I mean, you've been at practice. They run fades to him at the goal line. He has this huge catching radius. I mean, they used to run receiver routes with Bell. 
it, it, I, it, they're not using him to his capacity in the passing game. Yeah. See, that part I don't mind so much because, you know, last year he had a zillion touches and but the routes were took such a pounding. Balls. Right. And one of the objectives this year was to find a complement back that could mm-hmm. limit his snaps and his touches. And, you I'm know, great with that, yeah. Jalen Warren seems to be that guy. Now, I think people are getting a little too excited uh, he got some garbage yardage against Buffalo, a couple right, of right. couple of long runs that uh, inflated his totals. I'm happy with him being the compliment, but I think they got to get Najee Harris going. This guy impressed me so much last year. He worked so hard just to get back to the line of scrimmage, and he was mm-hmm. so dedicated to the cause. And they've been cultivating him to be a leader, and uh, you know they make him a captain this year, and everything seemed yeah. to be full speed ahead going into this season. I agree with Merrill. I think the biggest problem is he's he looks. To me, like the equivalent of a quarterback that's a little gun shy because mm-hmm. he's gotten popped too much. And I don't, how do you get a guy past that? That's tough. I mean, I think he has the mental makeup to get past it. The leadership, the toughness, all the intangibles, none of that worried me at all about Harris. Um, I think, I hate to say this, I think there's a reason he didn't run a 40 coming out of Bama. I don't think he's particularly fast or explosive on his best day. Is there still a foot thing? He added some weight. Were those? Yeah, only like four pounds. I mean, I, I mean, I'm reaching a little bit on that yeah. one. But I, I mean, never saw s- a great burst last year. But we saw him make people miss, and we saw him run people over. Right. And we saw him do elite running back things. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's an elite running back right now. Yeah, I'll right Today. now. No, I mean, he's not a top 20 I, running back I, right I have now. not seen them yet this year, but I, right. I, I'm not uh, ready to give up on him. Uh, but I don't have the answer to get him going other I than I, I hate to keep throwing it back to the offensive line. I think that's uh, – low-hanging fruit sometimes when they're struggling. But I'll also agree with Merrill. That was their worst game. Uh, we had talked with Craig Wolfley. I think it was the pregame show before the Jets game and how they were figuring out the double team. And right, you know, right. The, the rushing totals had been gradually increasing. and they were Baby fi- steps. They were figuring right. out when to get off the double team and go get the next guy. Early on, they were they were bailing too soon. Or too early, too too late. Yeah. I mean, there is a now great the, timing Now that. they're yeah. bailing too late, it looks like, and those backers are just – I mean, if you let Levante David and Devin White do whatever they want, right. you're going to have a long day. <laughs> I mean, Merrill gave a great example of two double teams, and they're supposed to both go to the, the second level, duo. Well, they blocked one guy with four on that play. <laughs> you, yeah. know, you know what I mean? One guy split the double team, the other two got the other guy got blocked, and you know you used four big blockers on one guy basically. And and it happened a lot. And uh, you know what might this look like, particularly with Pickett and his ability to play action boot. Right. If you I like ever, all that, if you can ever get that running game that, that it's sure. a threat. Uh, yeah, I guess the search continues. Um, it does Merrill uh, likes to talk about uh, never underestimate an opponent a, a professional excuse me who's mm-hmm. been embarrassed you couldn't be more embarrassed yeah. than the Steelers were at Buffalo uh are you expecting a bounce back or is this uh just another game where they don't match up well and uh, they're they're just not in these guys class yet I don't think they're in their class um I wish I had a better feel for the Steelers injuries I'm not avoiding your conversation the, the conversation yeah. completely well, I mentioned all the defensive backs are that's hurt, what if, if, yeah. if none of the top three corners go I think they have no chance against this quarterback if they're close to full health I expect a competitive game and a loss and I th- and more important than anything and we haven't talked about it enough I think Pickett's gonna be good and was good against Buffalo and will look good against a very Difficult defense to play against that blitzes like crazy in Tampa. That's going to do it for uh, this week's edition of the Steelers wrap up. Uh, And I'm going to remind everybody one more time your point about, hey, 
There's a lot of football to be played after the bye. That's yeah. that's going to matter as well. But I think they're still in the middle of a, a tough slog here. Uh, thanks. Thanks to Merrill Hodge for uh, joining us, as he always does. Thanks to Shirtless Tom behind the glass filling in for uh, you, Jake, this week and uh, keeping us on the air. Uh, Matt, uh, thanks for uh, thanks doing, as always. doing this again. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll do her again next week before the Steelers and the Miami Dolphins. Until then, thank you for finding us, however, and wherever you found us. Uh, until next week, for Matt Williamson, I'm Mike Pursuta. This has been Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. Good night, everybody. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.